Welcome back, everybody, to Fantastic Minute, the show where we talk about Wes Anderson's fantastic film, Fantastic Mr. Fox, one minute at a time. My name is Tyler Boudreau. And I am Condra Boudreau. We're here to talk about Minute 60 of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Got the one-hour mark, Condra, where two-thirds of the way there, sort Woo! of 87 minutes in total. 80, yeah, it's 87 so, yeah, and we're, change. We're at the so. hour. It, oh, I think it's 86 and change, which is 87 episodes. Yeah. Well, we're on minute 60, which begins with the end of Fox's roll call, and it ends with Felicity saying, I will. Presumably, she's quoting the the Beatles' White Album track. Or there's another part of the sentence, I will not. Who knows? Or or she's saying, I will always love you, like, like what's her face? Whitney Houston? I was like, you gonna you going to get that one, Ty? No, I got oh, there. We yeah. got there. Or I can't think of any other big I wills. It's weird to think about. Sometimes it's I will. Like when you're getting married, sometimes it's I do and sometimes it's I will. And I'm just wondering if that's what like. Will you promise to? Yeah. Because yeah. either would work technically, I guess. Well, it's like, will you marry me? Yes, I will. And then it's like, do you? I do. So when you agree to get married... I think it's. But I've definitely heard people answer vows with like "I will." All right. It depends on if it's like the like the traditional like "Do you? Do you?" or if there's like "Make your own vows" and stuff. But yeah, so we had Fox ending his little roll call in the last minute. Did we include him calling Phil the Mole like a like a great musician or whatever? We ended with uh, Rabbit's wife, the accountant. Okay, so what he calls Phil Mole like a talented musician or whatever. And then he calls Kylie a pretty good minnow fisherman. Which uh, that's, that's excuse a me, excuse me, Mister Fox. I know because when he ate that minnow from Kylie, he said it was superb. Superb. We both did the finger motion. You guys can't see it, you listeners, but Tyler and I both did the superb finger motion. It's a non-visual medium, yeah. so. Um, I'm just angry about uh, Mr. Fox's demeaning Kylie. He needs to respect him. It just goes to show that, like, of all these people that he's, like, finally recognizing their talents, he still kind of takes Kylie for granted. Or, contrarily, like, he really loves Kylie. And, like, not that he razzes on him, but that, like, Kylie, like, Fox isn't used to feeling this much affection for, like, another person. And so, like, to compliment them seems like mr fox is too insecure to give kylie a genuine compliment whereas most of these other people are strangers so he can kind of compliment them and it doesn't really play into badger a stranger though they definitely have a history i mean they have a history but they're not they're they're more acquaintances also he gives felicity a ton of comments or like compliments throughout the film so before and after like but that's his wife it's different i don't know I just... It's still a crappy thing for him to say, oh, yeah, Kylie, you's a pretty good mi- minnow fisherman. But I'm saying, like, I think there's more psychologically to Mr. Fox saying that than just him being mean. Okay. And then, he, yeah, he calls Felicity possibly the best landscape painter working on the scene today. Which is funny, like, working on the scene, that's not a artist term. That's a newspaper man term. It's a it's a general term though. It 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 works for anyone. It, you can be the best lawyer working on the scene today like. Sounds very newspaper. Uh and uh landscape paintings 
listeners may know or not that I'm a huge landscape painting fan. So I support Felicity's endeavors. She's doing weather, though. Or thunderbolts. You can include weather in a landscape. Yeah, no, I know. But I'm I'm not a big painting person in general. I don't mind actually painting sometimes, I mean, but like I don't like like canvas painting. I like other kinds of painting. In terms of like art, I appreciate like visual like going to a museum and looking at paintings is like very low on that list. Not that I don't like it. Like I I still appreciate it, but like I go to a museum like once or twice a year. Unlike me. To look at paintings. I'm not going like every other week or like it's not my main thing. I'd rather go to like a concert or listen to a podcast. I just really like podcasts or go to movies. I go to movies like every other week. That's what I do. No, I'm definitely like I get that. I like going to museums for like stuff. Yeah, you're more into material. I don't like paintings. Um, I do like some portraits, but like older portraits, which is a weird thing because I can only do so much of portraits too. Got some Copley portraits. You love me some Copley. Um, John Singleton Copley painted my favorite painting, and um, because I love the way he does his shark. It's a scene from Havana. I don't know what it's actually called, but it's a scene from Havana. And he has never seen a shark before and tries to paint a shark. And so it has lips. It's amazing. Look it up. It's at the MFA uh, or Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. If you're interested, it's really cool. It's really big. Um, It's a funny painting. There's a couple copies of it floating around, too. There's different versions, I think. Yeah, there's one in London, too, I'm pretty sure. For our UK listeners. Okay, here's another thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Always. But are there, as Mr. Fox is giving this speech, what do you say? Always. I will always correct you if you're wrong. It's my job as your sibling. Oh, okay. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, correct me if I'm wrong, but are there candles behind Mr. Fox as he's giving this speech? Like, I I can't really tell what the lights are. I had the same question for you. I think they are. Oh, boy. Um, I think they're like... Where did they come I from? No. Where did they go? No Cotton Eye Joe. Um, I had the same question. I think they're candles. They look like those like candle bags that you put some sand in the bottom and then you stick a little tea light in or something. I wouldn't have any idea where it came from, though, unless Felicity has a lot more in her pouch than she's admitting. Well, yeah, it's conceivable that they like... This is like their home base area, so they set up some candles in the area to provide some light. But where would but they? Where come did the candles from? come from? Is the question? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I. I have no idea. Also, Mr. Fox in this whole little speech thing after he finishes the roll call has some like really quirky things that he says, especially when he starts going into like the wild animals bit, and it's like pure talent. There's one thing that's like just me. Maybe, but I don't know. He uses, like, his own strength and then switches to his or her unique skills or something. Like, I didn't write down the full line, but it was, like, he switched pronouns to, like, be more inclusive in the second half of the sentence. And I was, like, cool. But also, the first part of your sentence doesn't match anymore now, and that's bothering me. And then I thought a line I'm going to guess you like is tiniest glimmer of a chance because it's a lot of syllables. Um, I, I mean, the whole rest of the speech is kind of bland to me. It's like, 
is like, yeah, you're, you're all wild animals. Like, very, very cool, Mr. Fox. Like, I'm glad you... It, I mean, it's, it's a classic kids movie lesson. They're like, oh, if everyone works together with their different skills, they can all come together and do something good. This this minute is the less interesting take on it. The upcoming minutes where we learn people's specific skills and stuff like that is the more is the more Wes Anderson innovative way of doing it, which is what makes this way so good. This movie so good. But this minute is kind of the bland version of it where he's just like, and we all have skills that give us a chance to win. I prefer the line this when he says uh, this crazy whatever it is, actually, than to the the glim- the glimmer of a hope line. yeah no it was just it was one thing that there were a lot of like just really weird phrasings that just like stuck out in my brain and i was like this is this is different um but no i agree it's definitely like the it's, less exciting part of this scene it's an average speech and was was the audio sync kind of off for you i like i felt like the way fox's like mouth was moving didn't really match up as well in this minute than it has really in the the rest of the movie well, you know, it's pretty good overall. I didn't notice. Sorry. All right. Maybe it was just me. Um, I also am watching it. I'm watching it in a different way than you are because I'm streaming it. So the other thing that kind of popped up for me in the, the minute, and this is something maybe our, a science listener can tell us. Do scientific names actually have anything to do with DNA? Because I don't think so, because DNA was discovered in the 50s and scientific names have been around for hundreds of years. I think what he means is like, animals have like genetic connections like whatever like dogs are related to wolves based on like a certain percentage of similar genes right and genes and dna are similar one makes up the other i don't know which way it goes i think dna makes up genes yes well he doesn't say anything like specific he he says fancy latin names that have something to do with our dna and he's right they have something to do with their DNA. He's not very specific about it, so it which gives them the out there. Yeah, I just I didn't know if that because I I, I would presume like my brain with dates would be like no, they have nothing to do with each other. But maybe. Well, if you think of like Kingdom Phylum class, blah 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 blah. Is it order family or family order I, genus species? I was not a biology person, Ty. I was into chemistry. So like, but like every species has its own specific name and then you go up, the genus has its own Latin name, stuff like that. Yeah. Right. So based on their similarities, based on their genealogy, they all have like Latin names. So there, there's something there. Yeah. I just don't know if the people that invented the Latin names knew that there was the gene thing and like when they were coming up with the names, like there, I bet there's well, some certainly like coincidence. ancient Romans didn't know anything about genes, but Shout out to Latin in this minute. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna get more Latin later, so save it. We can we can correct his pronunciations. Or oh something. yeah. Just you wait. You've got two classicists on this <laughs> podcast. Get ready. I was just translating some Latin before we started recording this episode. Someone was asking me. Oh, I am um, at trivia last night. Uh, my classes, my classics knowledge was required again. Ah, classic knowledge. Classic knowledge um so uh yeah fox kind of uh ends his speech he he does his air toast and then he air smashes his glass which i think is really funny because he does a little uh sound effect with his mouth he goes like did did he break a pretend glass what a waste of pretend resources yeah 
It's so disrespectful. He's living with practically nothing well, and he breaks a pretend glass. I mean, if there's a time to do it, it's when it's pretend. That's what I say. Yeah. Also. I'm smashing pretend glasses all the time. I'm going to do it right now. Bang. Okay, I did it. See? That's not what a, a broken glass sound makes, Ty. It took a couple tries. I had to, like, it, it didn't break at first, so I had to bang. Oh. Let's eat. Yeah, Kylie, Kylie kind of says that and the music cuts out. So we have the comedic silence of like, ooh, awkward. Yeah. But it, it's a really funny it's moment. So cute. Kylie clearly uh, took notes at his UCB improv class. Really embracing the scene. That's the Upright Critters Brigade. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he yes anded him. That's 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 just what I meant to say. Uh, and then Kylie's like, "What? I was just trying to play along with the bit." And like, you know, good Kylie. I like it when people play along with the bit. Yeah, it was so cute. Kylie again is too pure and precious for this world and must be protected at all costs but like (laughs) he is such a good like person in like personality way not like obviously he's not a person like a human but like he's a good (laughs) person like you can't be a person you can't be a good person if you're not a person person i mean he has a good personality then and there's just something nice about it and then there's kind of so there's kind of a moment of silence that joke kind of plays out, and then Fox, Fox kind of quietly says, "Who's with me?" And there we get an awkward moment of silence. No, it's again. will you join me? This time it's not comedic; it's, it's ominous. Will you join me? It's will you join me? And then, then now there's an o- ominous moment of awkward silence, as opposed to a comedic one, and we kind of get an, a neat shot of like layered pe- people standing in a line. They're also very low in frame. They are. Felicity from the way back raises her hand and says, I will. And I think this is a moment of forgiveness. Like, Felicity, this is really their first proper interaction since the fight many minutes ago now. Like, they've had some, they've been in the same spaces and stuff, but really this. Yeah, they, they joined ranks to help fight Rat, but that wasn't like, like, they weren't like standing back to back. I'm trying to think of a comparison where like a movie where people stand back to back and fight like the Avengers. Or yeah, whatever. it was like Bucky and Rocket or like Bucky and Cap in in Civil yeah. War where they're like throwing the shield back and forth or yeah. something like they weren't working together. Yeah, but you're right. This is kind of a moment of not not solidarity per se, but like a moment of felicity. Like, you know what? Like, I think his heart's in the right place this time. Like, I'm going to stand up and and really like and help Mr. Fox in this sense and then hopefully just like me taking this leadership this is what Felicity's saying me taking this leadership will inspire the others to join because if if I can do it the person who's been hurt the most by Mr. Fox then they can too yeah and that was something I was thinking about it's like were other people waiting to know what Felicity was going to do to decide because she really has the most stakes in the game like it's her nephew more than Mr. Fox's like there's more for her than anyone else in this and in this kind of like old-fashioned like 70s television sitcom slash television program that's not a sitcom there were this like and the mother's the 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 heart of the family she's the moral center she holds everything together felicity kind of does play that role in this movie where she's like the person she has the strongest moral compass She's the person that really guides Mr. Fox on this journey. I mean, 
for better or for worse, obviously that's a kind of drab role for every female character ever to be placed in to the like, oh, I'm the good person that teaches a man to like be good. But at the same time, like she's a strong character. I'm like not going to complain about her. Yeah, no. And that trope goes back even further. I would say that like in like American culture, even like to Republican motherhood where like women were raising the future citizens of the United States and like their guidance and morality were going to get the young country through the troubling times and like the Victorian era where women were like the house, like the keepers of the house and something like that idea of separate spheres and like them being in charge of the domestic sphere. It's a trope that's really like pervaded history but in the idea of like media, it having a different weight to it, there's a there's a different gravitas because they're like actually in the forefront of these depictions. I mean, they're being seen, but then at the same time having this still limiting role. It, it it's there's a lot to it. Uh, you you reminded me of kind of this other trope, which is similar. And uh, the comedian Jamie Loftus tweeted about this recently. Uh, she's she wrote, "I love the part of the movie where the ghost of the wife comes to confirm the male protagonist's mission, and we root for him, and she's not seen again." Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Which obviously isn't the uh, the role that Felicity plays in this game in, in this movie, but you reminded me of it in that kind of like, oh, you like the she's in the background, like rooting him on but not there's no point to it you know what's a perfect example of that that i just thought of casper the friendly ghost the friendly ghost with that one christine that one's christina ricci and um christina ricci bill Patton. bill pullman bill pullman sorry because the wife comes at the end and is like you need to support our daughter and like but you're doing a good job and don't doubt yourself and like that's the arc of the that's the arc of the movie though is he's like sad because he misses his wife and he can't connect with his daughter and then the arc of the movie is he learns how to connect with his daughter and he gets the blessing of his wife the end the trope uh jamie loftus is referring to is the uh uh, speaking of latin in virgil's aeneid aeneas's first wife appears as a ghost to him as he's escaping troy and is like it's okay honey go found rome or whatever i'm just gonna be here dead yeah no it is there's a lot to this line and like it's small and Merrill's deliverance of it is really powerful it's it's kind of small and timid and it's quiet yeah there's weight to it I like it it's all I've got for notes though cool yeah me too uh we're gonna go see how to train your dragon this weekend so uh, we'll hit you with our reviews next time I'm so pumped for (laughs) this uh, movie Tyler actually Speaking of How to Train Your Dragon, when I was watching Kids Baking this week, I watch uh, the Food Network quite a bit. One of the judges on Kids Baking, Duff, I don't know his last name, um, but he's like a really famous cake artist, and he did a Toothless and the Female Light Fury in cake form, and it looked amazing. And I was like, I bet that tastes delicious because I trust Duff. And it also is beautiful and looks like Toothless. And Toothless is my favorite. And I love dragons. And I'm so excited for this movie. 
Also, my prediction for my famous prediction for this movie, so it's on record, is that this movie, the only natural conclusion for this movie is for the humans and the dragons to realize that uh, they need to live their separate lives. And it ends with a tearful goodbye between Hiccup and Toothless, realizing that the dragons need to stay in their area and the humans need to stay in their, their area. And it's best for everyone, even though they love living together. It will not ne- like it's never going to work out. See, as much as I. I I think that's probably what will happen. That also doesn't make sense because it's not they're showing like the idealized community. Honestly, it like thinking about it in this moment, it's like the idea of segregation and like oh in the like in the nineteen fifties and sixties no, with like housing and stuff and like oh African Americans and white people cannot no, live it's together, like- but they're better for it for living together like the Vikings and the dragons. I don't think it's like that. I'm thinking it's more like the episode of the Pokemon anime where uh, Pikachu finds all the other Pikachus and Ash realizes, oh, Pikachu belongs here. Like, this is this is just naturally better Start for crying, him. crying, Tyler. Not really, but that's such an and, emotional. Well, no, it's it's the same effect. Yeah. And I think that's more what they're going okay. for. Not, not, the, not the, like, this is never going to work out, Wa- waves finger. All right, we're going long, so let's wrap this up. Uh, this has been minute 60 of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Join us next time for minute 61 where uh, more fun things we'll will happen. We'll be an hour Latin and names, one minute hopefully. in. But I know. It's crazy. How, do, how did we get this far? It's only been like a year. So, yeah, if, follow us on Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Um, you can email us at AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com with questions, comments, thoughts about future minutes. You can also rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and some other podcast listening sites. And we hope you join us next time. I've been Tyler Boudreaux. I've been Condra. And we hope you have a fantibly-tastic day. Fantastic.